0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to All About Smartphones, brought to you by Airs LA, the Audio Internet Reading Service of Los Angeles. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshita. And I'm Julian Vargas. And today, we're going to bring to you an update on the latest in cell phones for 2015. Julian, there's been a lot of changes, as always, in this field of smartphones and uh What's some of the most significant advances and changes that we have for 2015?
1: Well, let's try to think. I think the last time we got together and did one of these was uh, in late last year. and At that time, we were talking about the newly released iPhone 6 and Apple Pay and all that. Um, so maybe we'll just start with there with some of the Apple stuff. Um, when the iPhone 6 was released, along with the new operating system, there were quite a lot of pesky bugs and things like that, and that was uh, that was the talk. <laughs> Everybody was uh, complaining about the bugs. Since then, I'm happy to report that Apple has issued several major updates to the operating system. In fact, um, this operating system has seen the most major updates that I recall uh, being an iOS user. Uh, Currently, we're up to 8.3. Now, just to give you an idea, um, the the first number is the major version of the operating system. The middle number uh, represents a major update to that and then the third number represents sort of like a small, minor maintenance patch type of update. So, we started with 8.0 and now we're up to 8.3 and believe it or not, 8.4 is around the corner.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: So they're, they're doing... It. Part of it has to do with uh, that they have added things this year, like the Apple Watch, and uh, they're going to be unveiling uh, or revamping their music service offerings as well. I think that's what 8.4 is going to be about. But with 8.3, was uh, some, it came some really good fixes to a lot of the voiceover problems. Um, it didn't quite crush all the bugs, but it crushed all the major ones. So it finally made it so that uh, those of us who were suffering through those <laughs> bugs can uh, now use our phones a little bit more like uh, how we were used to using them prior to this iOS 8 update. So uh, that's what's new there. And, uh, of course, the Apple Watch. Uh, we've all talked about that. This A lot of people are saying 2015 is going to be the year of the wearables, and, and so far that seems to be uh, the big thing. We've had Android wear for a while, watches and things like that. But uh, this is the first time that Apple, of course, jumped into the fray uh, with its own offering called the Apple Watch. And this was talked about a lot last year, but it's finally out. I, unfortunately, don't have mine yet. I'm still on the waiting list. So it's, it's pretty crazy. But I've had a chance to go play with it in the Apple Store. And by the way, for anybody who's curious about the Apple Watch, you can go to the Apple Store and... If they're set up for it, that you can actually, you can try them on. That's been available since day one of release. But you can actually take it for a spin, literally, and try out using it with VoiceOver and things like that. The Apple Store by me actually had it; they had it set up, paired up to one of their phones, because they don't let you connect it to yours. And I was able to use it with VoiceOver and, and play with the functions and kind of get an overall idea of how it works.
0: What's the main features of the iWatch? What does it really allow you to do? I I sort of think of it, is it primarily a remote control for your phone?
1: That is precisely how I look at it. It is a remote control for the iPhone. And the thing about the Apple Watch is that it's not a must-have thing. Uh, this isn't something that one should feel that you have to run out and get because somehow your life is uh, less without it. So it's more of a, an I want and I want to experiment type of thing. And there are instances where I could see having remote control access to the iPhone being handy. For example, if you're like me and you ride public transit a lot, uh, sometimes you're on crowded vehicles, and it isn't always easy to reach into your pocket or your side or your bag to, to grab your phone and check something. You may be, maybe you, you want to check some email on that long ride or you want to correspond or check other information. It's kind of nice, the idea of having something that you wear on your wrist that uh, connects via Bluetooth to your phone that lets you actually uh, access things like your email or your text messages or receive incoming alerts. Believe it or not, you can actually make and receive phone calls from the watch itself. But I uh, I think in most cases, you're not going to want to have prolonged conversations on a watch just not the most conducive thing but for a quick call hey uh, i'll be home in five minutes i'll let me call you back then i I think it uh, it could be quite handy it's really interesting when you think about it because apple and really all the, the other smartphone manufacturers as well more or less have gotten a lot of us to take off our watches because we use the smartphone as our way of telling time and now they're wanting us to put the watches back on. <laughs> but the watches are going to give us some greater functionality. Another neat thing with the Apple Watch, for those who are interested in, uh, for, for fitness purposes, keeping track of calories, uh, steps taken, miles walked, that sort of thing, uh, instead of buying uh, these third-party bands like Fitbits and things like that that you can buy to pair with your phone, the Apple Watch can do all of those things. It can keep track of your heart rate it actually tracks a lot of stuff, and it connects with, of course, the, the health kit uh, part of the uh, operating system to uh, put that information all in a neat, uh, convenient place. So for for those who are fitness buffs, I think the Apple Watch is a good thing to consider instead of just a Fitbit band that that's all that it does. Of course, it's got cutesy little features, too, like apparently you can draw things on the screen and send them to somebody, or you can send your heartbeat to somebody. Uh I I can hear the Uh rush now, everybody running out the door to get it for that reason, but yes, you can do that.
0: Now, Julian, I understand that there's uh, three different models of the watch?
1: Yes. There are three different models, and for most people, I think you are just fine to get the entry level, which is called the Sport by the way, just to make it clear, the sport watch, the, the the lowest priced one, and the highest priced one do exactly the same things. There's no extra features involved. So whether you start with three hundred and fifty dollar, which is the sports, or the uh, seventeen thousand dollar jewelry uh, encrusted whatever model, <laughs> they both they all do the same thing. So unless you are somebody who wears a watch. Uh, primarily for looks and you're trying to make a fashion statement of some kind there's no need to go out and buy the more expensive one so the first one is the sport and as i mentioned um they uh, they start at 350 dollars they also come in two sizes by the way the screen or the watch size itself it's kind of squarish, and the the smaller one is 38 millimeters the the bigger one is 42 millimeters I think for most guys, we want the 42mm, and that one, by the way, costs $50 more. So you're looking at uh, $399 now for um, your um, entry-level, man-sized, 42mm Apple Watch with the the sports one. Then the the mid-level one is the one that's just called the Apple Watch itself. So that one, I think, starts at about $500 or so. And then, and there are different bands that you can get, and and the the higher quality band, of course, the more expensive it gets. And then they have what's called the edition, the Apple Watch edition, and those are the pricey ones, and those can go. Uh, I don't know where they start at. I've I've never heard a price point of where it starts, but I've heard of them going as high as seventeen thousand to twenty thousand dollars, depending on how you uh, customize it, of course. And I don't imagine that the average Apple store has many of those sitting around. Those you might actually have to get in a jewelry store. And is it is it
0: reported that the resolution of the, the most expensive watches is better?
1: No. Uh, the resolution is the same. I think the only difference affecting that is that the entry-level one, I think, is just the regular glass, like the same thing that the Apple, that the iPhones or uh, screens are made of. And I think the higher uh, ones, the Apple Watch possibly, and for sure the edition, are probably uh, sapphire screens. But if anything, what I've heard is that that sapphire tends to make it a little dimmer. But I don't think that resolution-wise you get any better of a screen with the expensive one versus the entry level.
0: Now, do these watches have uh, external speakers so that if you were going to keep your your iPhone in your backpack, and uh, you're going to make a call or speak with somebody or even listen to music, do you have to then plug in earbuds?
1: No, uh, it does have a speaker. Uh, In fact, it does not have an earbud jack that I'm aware of. So it has a tiny little speaker on the side of the watch. So it's not the most ideal for listening to music or for even, like I said, handling lengthy phone calls. But it, it does speak, and you can hear the speech through it, the voiceover, which is very important. But again, you have to put it up to your ear and and in a noisy place. Like when I tried it at the Apple store, it's hard to hear with the crowds that are in there. So the idea is that you want to use um, a Bluetooth headset uh, or an earpiece of some kind because it all connects through Bluetooth, and the iPhone, you know, all three connect through Bluetooth. So once you've got that set up, um, you can have a much better ability to hear things. Obviously, your phone call quality is going to be better and such.
0: Are there any other features of the iPhone 6 that, that you really, really are impressed with that has been updated for 2015?
1: Well, uh, the iPhone 6 itself is still the same one that was released in September of uh, 14. So there haven't been any hardware improvements. That will come with the next watch, with the next phone I should say, (laughs) coming out in September if Apple sticks to its normal schedule. Um, If they stick with their normal naming scheme, it would probably be the 6S. Um, But I haven't heard any uh, any credible rumors, let's say, about what that's going to offer. But I mean as far as the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, as we've discussed before, they're two different sizes the the 6 is a 4.7 inch screen, the 6 Plus is a 5.5 inch screen. Unless you need a bigger screen or one higher, you know, bigger battery, because the six plus, since it's a bigger phone, can house a bigger battery. Uh, there's really no uh, no difference hardware-wise. It's the same thing. Um, I think the camera might have a little optical uh, image stabilization capability on the six plus that I think on the six is a hardware, uh, a software-based one only. But from what I've read and, and heard from people. I haven't heard of any difference to OCR or things like that, the things that we care about uh, with one phone and the other. So it's uh, it's a very well-made phone. The thing I like most I have to say about my iPhone 6 is the ability to use Apple Pay, and we've talked about that before, how convenient that is. and More and more merchants are starting to accept Apple Pay, um, and as all merchants have to renew their... Um, their credit card terminals to be in compliance with the law that takes place later this year where the, they have to accept the credit cards with the chips in them now. Uh, this is a good opportunity for a lot of merchants to um, also accept tap and pay type systems like Apple Pay. So, uh, you know, other than that, it's it's um, I can't think of anything else uh, to add to it. It's, it's a good phone. I'm very happy with mine.
0: And how about on the Android cell phones?
1: So on the Android cell phones, there's definitely been some new things that have come out uh, since we've met. Uh, the Nexus 6 came out, which is uh, made by Motorola. The last two Nexus phones were made by LG. So this is the first time that uh, Motorola made a um, a Nexus phone for Google. It's a much bigger phone. Uh, it's going with the style of everybody wants these phablets now. So I think the Nexus 6, if I recall, is a 5.7 or 5.9-inch screen somewhere in that neighborhood, I think it's 5.9 and it uh, has front facing stereo speakers which is really nice because all the other Nexus phones had a little dinky speaker in the back so it's a really good audio that comes out of it it's a bigger screen if you want a bigger screen of course um, it's running the uh, latest versions of, of the Android OS which uh, to date the latest version of Android which is just starting to hit the phones now is 5.1.1 So it's still uh, Lollipop, but uh, we're on uh, version 1.1 of Lollipop. Uh, What else? Uh, Of course, Samsung and um, HTC released phones earlier this year, uh, in March. uh, That's usually when those two companies release their their flagship phones. The Galaxy S6 and 6 Edge are the Samsung offerings. Now, one thing that Samsung really did this year is uh, continue to sort of take charge of the accessibility experience, going in the what some people would say uh, is above and beyond what Google offers with TalkBack. In fact, the screen reader that uh, it comes in the phone by default, it's not just called TalkBack; it's called Galaxy TalkBack. So Samsung puts its own branding on there, and they changed all the gestures. Uh, Now, in case somebody's thinking, oh, no, well, I like Samsung hardware, but I don't maybe want their version of the the accessibility, you can still actually download Google TalkBack from the Play Store. And when you enable that one and disable the Samsung one, it'll work exactly the way that it always has with um, every other phone that runs Google TalkBack with the gestures that you're more familiar with. But a lot of people had problems with some of the right-angle gestures that are used in Android. So what Samsung did is they took those away entirely, and now flicking with three fingers to the right or left uh, goes through a lot of the settings that would normally be accessed through those right-angle gestures. So they've done some things. They've also continued what they started last year, where you can have a 3 tap of the uh, physical home button that the Samsung phones come with to to turn on and off the accessibility. That's something you have to enable if you want it to work. It it doesn't come by default. So they've done um, a lot of neat things like that to sort of take ownership of the accessibility experience. Uh, There are some who think this is a great thing and especially if you're coming from iOS and you're wanting to try Android. Uh, this might make it a little less intimidating and a little bit more familiar to you since you're used to using a lot of those three-finger type of gestures with uh, iOS. But there are some who don't like it because it's further fragmenting an already fragmented landscape, which is uh, one of the drawbacks of Android, is that this, there's not a lot of consistency. Um, a lot of different handsets out there uh, all running different flavors of Android. Some, uh, most of them because they can't uh, update to the latest thing because th- that update hasn't been pushed through by the manufacturer and the carrier. So um, accessibility varies from from model to uh, from phone to phone, and this is just one more fragmentation in the field. But I, I know that a lot of people have that Galaxy S6 and are really liking that phone. So um, they also, by the way, with that phone d- uh, departed from normal. Uh, they Made it so you cannot replace the battery yourself anymore, and they also took away the ability to plug in and a micro s d card, which were two things that samsung was very very popular for and it'll remain to be seen what that does to sales in the long run but um they've they've kind of decided to to walk away from that partially I think because of the looks of the phone let's face it, you can't make a sleek, thin phone. Without compromising something, and one of the things people used to complain about with Samsung phones is that the back was plastic and they felt that it was kind of a it felt more like a cheap toy than a flagship phone so with the galaxy s six they uh, the back of it is glass the side is metal you know it, it looks it looks a little bit more like an Apple type of product design than a Samsung design so some people really like the the looks of that, but others who like the uh, the convenience of being able to swap out batteries and, and put in memory cards are, are not very happy. Uh, HTC on the other hand also released its flagship for the year. It's the, uh, the Gala, I'm sorry, <laughs> get all my phones mixed up here. It's the uh, HTC one. So they're still staying with the HTC one, uh, name for their flagship, but then it's the, uh, the type of chip that's in the phone that, that differentiates it. So this year, it's the HCC-1M9. And um, it looks actually pretty similar to the M8 from last year. I think cosmetically, the the metal finish is maybe a little different and things like that. But it still has the two front-facing speakers, which is something that HCC was known for and popular. They they did it, I think, before a lot of these manufacturers now have caught on and started to, to copy it. Um, it runs the uh, the Sense. Uh, that's that's the name of their uh, customized uh, UI uh, user interface, and um, it it works pretty well. It, it uh, you cannot change the battery, and that, that that's always been the case with with the hCC One M series. But they still do support the use of uh, SD cards. So for people who really like to have that expandable memory capability the hCC One M9 may be one to look at. Or, if you want to save some money, quite frankly, you can get yourself last year's M8, and from what I understand, there's not that big of a difference. I think, yeah, they made some camera improvements and things like that. That's one area that HCC has always lacked in. And I should also mention that Samsung did major camera improvements as well, and I've been hearing a lot of good things said about that camera, so if, if camera and picture taking is, is your forte, then yeah you probably want to look at the samsung so trying to think if there's anything uh, new in the world of android google io is coming up i think it might be later this month if not in early june and that's where that's their big year event where they announce a lot of things typically the next version of android is announced at at that conference and they're going to also have conferences on accessibility which i understand are going to be streamed live so Um, you might want to just go and do a Google search on Google I.O. and uh, find out uh, when and where, because there's schedules for all that um, I'm going to try to listen to some of that stuff if I am free on those days and and try to hear what's coming up with accessibility, but they've been doing a lot of neat stuff, TalkBack, the screen reader that comes with the the stock screen reader that comes with Android has recently just been updated, Uh, they've for a while the beta cycle and development cycle have kind of stagnated but uh, over the last few months they've released some betas they just uh, the other day released the stable version of, of TalkBack 4.2 and they've been doing some neat stuff they they now have the ability to customize all of the TalkBack gestures so if you don't like what they've set them to you can actually go into the settings and change them yourself so one area of where I've done some changing in mine is Typically, if you flick up and down on the screen with one finger on an Android phone, it was the same as going left and right where now I change those gestures to to move forward uh, a level and changing granularity or move back a level and changing granularity granularity and that by the way is like if you want to move by by word by character by paragraph by different elements and things like that so it's nice to be able to customize it they've added the ability to uh, dim the screen when TalkBack is on which is uh, something that wasn't available uh, without downloading a separate app to do that so for people who don't want to have a separate app to do that uh, it now supports screen dimming they've also added this tap feature where if you tap on the side of the phone once Two times or three times or that kind of thing, you can make uh, you can trigger different things. Another big change that's available now with this new version of Talkback is the menus that come up when you the local context and global context menus, which came up by doing those L gestures that a lot of people don't like. But once you would do those L gestures, then you'd have to put your finger in the center of a screen and draw a circle. And as you went around that circle, it would go through different uh, features that were available. Um, now you have the ability to make that show up as a list view. And that's a big thing. I, I did that to my phone as soon as it was uh, possible to do that. And I think a lot of people like that as well. That that circle gesture, I think, made a lot of people uncomfortable. So I think that, that goes a long way toward making the accessibility on Android a little more convenient and less intimidating for people. So we'll have to listen to Google I.O. and see what uh, what's coming new this year uh, with uh, the next version of Android, which hasn't been named yet, but it's been called Android M. And uh, now, in- remembering that they name it after desserts or sweets, we can uh, try to guess. Maybe <laughs> it'll be M&M. Yes. Some people are saying marshmallow. So we'll <laughs> have to see what they come up with.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I think what's also is really nice, though, is that it seems as though these companies, they are making their devices more accessible. Yes. And, uh, you know, out of the box, it's immediately more accessible. So I'm pleased with that.
1: Yeah, I am too. And let's not also leave out that Windows 10 is coming out this year. And Windows 10 is going to be a major overhaul of, of Windows, especially on the mobile side, because I think... If everything I'm reading pans out, it's going to be that the version of Windows that you put on your Windows mobile phone is going to be very similar to the one that runs on a desktop, which means that you might be able to run desktop applications, which of course means the possibility of running JAWS, uh, Window Eyes, and VDA. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> yeah, that, that can be quite promising. In fact, something I read the other day suggests that uh, the. Ver- there are going to be devices where you take the phone, and if you plug it into a keyboard and mouse and a monitor, you'll actually be able to use it as a PC.
0: Oh, oh God. So
1: this Windows phone may finally uh, be entering the field or the realm of possibility for those of us who have not been able to play with Windows Mobile because until this point it has not been very accessible. So... This may be. This may now mean a third phone that I have to buy every year to keep track of. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: and we're expecting that Windows 10 in July,
1: somewhere in in the summer is what I've been hearing.
0: Okay, well that'll be very exciting to see how that works. Yeah, and
1: well. the neat thing is is that all devices that are currently running Windows 7 or 8, uh, phones as well as PCs. Uh some phones possibly may not, but I think a lot of the the flagships at least, if you're running Windows seven or later, you'll probably be able to do a free upgrade to that. And that includes a PC too, which will be nice. So if you're if you're still using Windows seven on your PC or Windows eight and you haven't been happy, you'll be able to, to upgrade to Windows ten within the first year of its release for free.
0: Oh, that's really nice. Very nice. That's a real uh That's a big surprise to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, on one hand, you think, oh, why do I want Windows on a phone? But on the other hand, you know, Windows is a powerful platform, and the screen readers available for Windows are much more capable than those available for mobile phones so far. You know, even even VoiceOver. As good as VoiceOver is, there's still a lot of... uh, Things that you can't control in VoiceOver that you can with uh, with uh, Windows-based screen readers like JAWS with user dictionaries and all these other customizations that you can do. So I think you know it, it has the potential to uh, to revolutionize the way some of us use our phones. Now we just have to hope that Windows Phone catches on enough so that people write more apps for it. But another thing they've done is you're going to be able to... They've made it easy. Microsoft has made it easy for people who already have iOS and Android apps to be able to port them over to the Windows side. Oh. So that could also increase the offerings available. So it's going to be quite an interesting year.
0: Well, Julian, you know, I can't wait until you, you get these and you try them and you report back to us because this is uh, very promising.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's what I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Julian uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they have other questions or maybe they, they want you to help them to buy a new phone?
1: Absolutely. I can help with that. I can teach individuals. I can teach groups of people. And so in fact, that that's one way to get good training at a cost that's affordable to people instead of hiring me individually, which could be uh, costly for some people, uh, get a group of you together, and I can teach a whole group. So we can look at that. I can consult if you want advice on getting phones. I can even go with you to the store and help buy the phone if that's what you want to do. Uh, I'm available for hire for all this and uh, anything under the sun that that's related to this. I can be reached by phone at area code 818 9554 five, or you can go to my website www.techjv that's T-E-C-H J is in Julian, V as in Vargas dot com and uh, you can contact me through there as well. There's a link there to email me if you like or to uh, read about what I do and uh, listen to presentations and things that I've given.
0: Well, you know, thank you for all the great work you do for us here at Ayers L.A. And also I've spoken to many of the patients that have hired you, and they are so thankful that uh, they did hire you because they said in a matter of one morning they, they really learned how to use their phone. So thank you for your great work. You're welcome. My pleasure. So we hope that you'll join us next time when we bring you more information all about smartphones. Goodbye.